My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. And... Ahsoka has finally concluded season one. Hopefully, we get a season two. But we uh, saw everything in season one of Ahsoka, and uh, right now, I think we're going to cover all of the Easter eggs and just break down the episode. Yeah, ten second by ten second increments, uh, the way Disney Plus allows <laughs> us. And I personally, I really enjoyed it. I thought each successive episode was going to get better and better, and it kind of did. Uh, I think Shadow Warrior, I think, was the best episode. And it's hard to top that, but every other episode afterwards got kind of, like, delivered. So I'm I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the story. I'm happy with the ending. So spoilers for Ahsoka Part 8, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I mean, what was it called? The the Jedi, the Witch, and the... Warlord. Warlord, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. We're going to... First, before we get started here, we want to recognize all of our awesome Patreon support. On the purple tier, we have Darth Ace 1, Liam McCallion, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Laninger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenwer 526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, and Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much for all your... Love and support for the podcast, helping us create streams like these. So without further ado, let's bring on the episode. I'm going to share the Disney Plus screen here, and we're going to talk our way through this here. Yeah, and uh, and if you haven't yet, um, I still can't get over the fact of, uh, of, of our post-show last night. We just had a blast. We honestly just yeah. had a blast afterwards. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of... Max Rebo. Yeah. So yeah. Hilarity. So go and uh check that episode out if you haven't yet. We, yeah, because yes, sure. we do talk about Ahsoka and, and Balin and all that, but that was just funny. But yeah, no, here we go. Let's go. The breakdown. We open with the with Thrawn ship, the Chimera. How did we feel um about the way that they treated Morgan's character in the end? We'll definitely talk about it at the end there, but I had no predictions on what her character's fate would be if it would be in this episode or the next episode. I mean, she is someone you would think that Lucasfilm would might want to keep around. I mean, now when we have like undead characters that can come back theoretically, I mean, she is she's related to to Bruce Lee. She's part of the Lee family, and uh, she's kind of carrying on that lineage. And she, uh, she's actually a pretty good swords woman. I, I, I mean, the the fact that she essentially was a night sister, and then people, some people had issues with her not being very night sister looking. But I mean, she was like a practicing night sister in a way. And then we see later on in the episode, she kind of gets converted more so. I liked her character. I liked her addition, and uh, the fact that her name was Morgan kind of re- related back to the Arthurian legend with Morgana Le Fay and with Maroc, um, 
there's a lot of stuff in the episode and a lot of stuff that, that Dave Filoni works in where he pulls from ancient legends and myth and Shakespeare even, even with uh, um, the three witches here, uh, the grandmothers, kind of a mirror the three witches from Macbeth and Toil and Trouble is actually one of the episode titles. I believe it's the second one. Um, and they actually have that dialogue in that uh, very famous play from Shakespeare. Yeah, there's a lot of references to different to different things, uh, uh, especially Greek mythology, um, because these are like the three sisters that like they are called the fates. That's a huge reference as well. So I love how Dave Filoni was not just pulling from Norse mythology, but also from Greek mythology and other um, different uh, things. So, yeah, no, I thought it was subtle, but also it was just also like, you know, hey, this is definitely more of a biblical side of Star Wars that we've never really seen before. Um, we've seen something maybe a ton of bit similar in the whole arc where they go to Mortis and everything in the Clone Wars, but this is just just opening up a whole new chapter and being like, boom, we're diving in. And you're definitely discovering a new side of the Force. And that's something that I love about Star Wars is when we learn more about the Force. So the fact that we're getting more stuff like this is amazing. And um, and again, if you guys haven't seen the trailer or, well, or any leaks or anything for Acolyte, do your research because we are diving into like a new era of... Of Star Wars, yeah. Thrawn here dispatches two Tie Fighters. I mean, that's just a little too arrogant. He messed up there. Maybe, maybe even four would have got the job done, but just two. And then this whole series, Morgan kind of, you can see her questioning Thrawn and and his his strategy. But Thrawn's a great strategist, so I mean, it's 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 hard to go up against him. And of course, the. Uh, the grandmother, which is there, totally have their trust in him. So yeah, it's interesting. We we spent a long time at the top of this this tower here, in the opening of the Chimera. This was an interesting spot right here because I didn't know if they were gonna maybe sacrifice her or kill her or promote her or what. This kind of had me on the edge. The the grandmothers here hold her like in high reverence and are thanking her and, and give her a gift. The gift of the shadows. They perform a sort of ritual here that uh, kind of harkens back to a lot of different religions, like when when men become monks, when women become nuns, they have to kind of give up possessions. And also marrying the Jedi Order, how they had to uh, relinquish all their attachments. And see, I thought maybe she was going to go through the full transformation of like the white skin, just like these grandmothers here. But it was it was almost kind of like a quasi transition, so to speak. But here you can see her with the uh, the green eyes. The green really has symbolized the magic use in Star Wars, especially in animation. You get a lot of it here. And then she has she's she has black eyes, which is very creepy. Three witches come together, and they use their night magic to form the blade of Talzin. Now, Colin, where have we seen this blade before? Uh, we've seen it in uh, in the Clone Wars um, from Mother Talzin, and we've also seen it in the Son of Dathomir uh, comic book series. So, I again, it's a small, 
subtle hint to the to the TV show, and it's like, hey, you know, there is this. Here's the Clone Wars. Here's Rebels and stuff. So I just love that subtle hint. She's also a very interesting character, and the Nice Sisters are just very, very interesting. So again, I love how they're diving deeper into the lore of different things that we barely breached the surface on. So, and Mother Talzin was Darth Maul's mother. Yep. Another fun fact. So yeah, she gets presented with this blade and automatically I'm thinking, okay, she's going to have a duel, which she does. And she has magic coursing through the blade. In the title of the episode here, I automatically thought of, of Narnia. Filoni's a fan of C.S. Lewis who created that that world, who was also friends with J.R.R. Tolkien from Middle Earth that was created. He's He's fans of all that stuff. I don't think we've ever really mentioned the fact that the world between worlds is a Narnia reference. There's something called the wood between worlds in in the Narnia universe. Yeah. So that was taken from that. And here we get the T6 Jedi Starfighter hovering above the Noti caravan. These little guys have grown on me. Warmed up to them. And we, here we have Ezra building a brand new lightsaber along with Hu Yang. What better character to be by your side building a lightsaber? Hu yeah. Yang is 25,000 years old, has built lightsabers for just about every youngling person and is revealed that he helped build Kanan's lightsaber. I loved that reference. I thought the fact that um uh helped a bunch of Jedi and younglings build their lightsabers over the years, the fact that Kanan was one of them, I'm kind of not surprised I would got that, but the fact that that we actually got them really talking about Kanan and kind of diving into that was awesome and just kind of Ezra's face of just being like, oh, I I didn't know that. Th 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 that's very surprising to me. And then of just the cool tie-in, which is awesome. So I loved yeah. it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, Zach here on YouTube says, I love the reference to the mitter being too thin. Is that a nod to the people who didn't love the look of lightsabers and rebels? It could be. I, don't th I don't think so, but it is kind of a multi-purpose <laughs> statement in a way because, I mean, people have criticized lightsaber looks for a while. I mean... Could be that, could be just by coincidence, really. But yeah, I love the fact he's building a new blade. Ezra discovers that, yeah, Hu Yang built, Kanan built his saber. And Sabine peeks in there for a listen. Hu Yang actually presents the top part of the hilt for Kanan, says specifically that there's only two in existence. And Retro Ray last night on the post show brought up the fact that there's only two in existence. Shin Hati might have the other one, therefore making that Kanan's blade just repurposed for Shin. But Josh on the podcast, he kind of disagreed, and he thought that maybe they didn't, they they weren't the same. So we need to get some clarification on that. Yeah, clearly Ezra's excited. He has the final piece, and he has a blue blade, which reverse mirrors Luke Skywalker's lightsaber story going from blue to green. Ezra went from green to blue. And Ezra kind of picks up on 
Sabine's emotion there, and he asks Hu Yang what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine, and he basically talks about the purge, how Ahsoka, she wasn't really the catalyst, but I mean, she she has a lot of, of baggage between Anakin and the fact that she took Sabine on as an apprentice. She walked away from her. Ahsoka was essentially scared on what uh, Sabine could actually turn out to be because she had that horrible experience with Anakin, essentially. That's what I kind of got from it. So here we have Ahsoka meditating on top of the T6, and Sabine walks out. And we get a conversation between the two. Never thought I'd see him again. And yeah, clearly, I mean, they, they kind of reconcile here. Ahsoka talks about Sabine's gamble going back to try and find Ezra. You can tell that Sabine, it kind of weighs on her that, yeah, she kind of did something kind of against the way that that she's being taught or was taught by Ahsoka against the Jedi Code in a way. But Ahsoka kind of lets her know that it's okay, that everything kind of worked out. Over the years, I've made my share of difficult choices. And yeah, they, they basically have that conversation. And they reconcile with each other, essentially. No. And I kind of figured we were going to get something like this. I think everything's really smoothed over here. And of course, the two TIE fighters that Thrawn dispatched are in the distance, barreling down on them. And here we get our look of a TIE fighter that's actually cracked. Uh, and it has the gold in the crack. Yeah, of the helmet. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And the two big red stripes that go across i kind of want this helmet now actually <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's going to be something that's worked on by the 501st to get that costume approved and here we see uh one of the noti taking cover here and the ties zipping around shooting at fish in a barrel basically sabine performs this maneuver where she basically flies between them and just clips both of them with the wings There goes one, and there goes the other. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sabine kind of like crash lands, doesn't totally destroy the T6, walks out of there along with Hu Yang. They both survive, but then it slows them down, which was Thrawn's main kind of secondary goal. If he didn't kill them, make them prevent them from disrupting operations and loading the cargo and getting the Eye of Scion attached to the Chimera. And then Thrawn gets a report back from Enoch. And Thrawn says it's an acceptable outcome. And then they see them heading out on Howlers. I don't know where they got the second Howler from, but I know I know they had the one that... And then this is a scene where we get volunteer stormtroopers to stay back and pretty and fight for the Empire. And then we get our first real good look at the Eye of Scion around the Chimera. And we have Noti inside the T6. And Sabine is, is on top of the howler with Ezra in the back. And they basically make their way. And Thrawn does his best Thanos impersonation. <laughs> and it rains down Hellfire. And this is a cool sequence. This looks pretty good. And here is like the first time, I think, we see a, a major display of the force from Sabine. And it takes all three of them to open these doors to essentially slide in. And Thrawn is watching, watching the map there. They barely make it. And then you, you can tell Thrawn is kind of disturbed by it. And then look at that shot. We got 
Sabine with the green, Soka with the white, and Ezra with the blue sabers. And we haven't seen something like this since Order 66, since Attack of the Clones, and since the Obi-Wan show, really. I'm definitely still getting used to seeing Sabine with a lightsaber. I think that definitely threw me off at first, but it was great to see them all like together. Yeah. And they dispatched the stormtroopers like you would figure they would. Mm -hmm. But then we get the kind of surprise resurrection and very, very zombie-esque. We've all seen zombies in other films and TV shows. And their eyes glow green, which is uh, kind of a cool little accent there. The whole zombie thing has has been done before in Clone Wars and Rebels. Seeing it in live action, though, is a whole different kind of awesomeness. Something that a lot of people have been talking about for a while was getting zombie stormtroopers. And that's basically what we got during uh, during this episode. And when we get to the death troopers, you actually see like more of the zombie side because you see the actual teeth. And it's like, ooh, this is perfect. We're in Halloween. It's spooky time. Let's go. So Noah here, uh, going back to the, the lightsaber creation, do you all think Kanan made his lightsaber collapsible when he initially built it with Hu Yang? Mm. What do you think, Colin? I think I'm going to say no on that. I think the reason why that his lightsaber was of where he could take it apart um, later on was because of Order 66. So he went in hiding. He didn't want it. He didn't want everyone to know that he actually had a lightsaber. So he made it look like just different tools or droid parts or something on his belt. And that's why he had it on each side. And that's why when... It's revealed first or second episode of Star Wars Rebels and Kanan actually puts his puts his lightsaber together. It's like it's not just a revelation to the Empire, but it's to the audience as well. It's like, oh, my gosh, he he's a Jedi. Uh, So I love the fact that he did that. I don't think he did that early on, though. Zach also asked on YouTube, does Huyang just have a bunch of kyber crystals laying around? Maybe gives Luke students a crystal someday. He would have to because, I mean, where else would he get a kyber crystal, you know, for that lightsaber? In the old days, I know they would go to Ilum and then they would have the younglings actually go through the temple and go and find their own stuff. Yeah, Hannibal on YouTube asked uh, a few weeks ago, you asked what we should call the Mandalorian. I call yeah. it the Mandalorian saga, like the Skywalker saga, but like not. Yeah, Mandalorian saga. I mean, that works for me. Okay. All right. And Ken Collects on YouTube says Mando 4 is going to be about Thrawn's return and Ahsoka 2 is about Pridia. Story comes together in the movie. What do you guys think? I think that'll work. Um, hopefully there's enough time to do an Ahsoka season two and run it all together. I just don't want to push out the film dates. That's, that's the thing. It's, I know we're going to get a Mando season four. That's written. It's going to happen. Hopefully we get Ahsoka season two. I, I, we, I think we really want, we should get confirmation soon about that. Um, I don't think we, we got confirmation on what the numbers have been like. Cause I know it all depends on how many people watched and, and so forth, but. Hopefully, Ahsoka Season 2 happens. I actually wouldn't mind them, and I know people might go against me on this, but I wouldn't mind them actually having it where they continued the Ahsoka story in Mando Season 4, and somehow they tie in Mando of how maybe he might know a different route, or someone part of like the Mandalorians actually know something about getting there. And then that, then that way, you don't have to go 
do that storyline in, in the Dave Filoni movie just because of you know that movie is just going to have so much going on already. So if they don't do Ahsoka season two and they end up, you know, being like, hey, we have to go save Ahsoka um, from the other planet. And that's like the first half of the movie is just like you could have done that in a TV show. So if they do Mando season four, do it in there, maybe season two of Ahsoka would be great. But it could be a simple fix because I think we did talk about now that Ezra's back, he could just, you know, connect with the Purgle and they could go back super quick and grab them. Yeah, Zach on YouTube is actually kind of says that, that uh, Ahsoka coming back in Book of Boba season two, that would work. I'm not sure if we're going to get a Book of Boba season two, but maybe. I know we're going to get Mando season four. Yeah. Yeah. We have all of our heroes fighting zombie stormtroopers. They're slashing the keypads. Uh, to, to close all the doors here. And there's a joke between Ahsoka and Ezra. And Ahsoka says, yeah, she's been training. And I think Ezra says, I, I've missed you. Sabine says something sarcastic. And here we see the connection of the, the Eye of Scion to the Chimera. And here's the encounter between Morgan and Thrawn, where we figure out that Morgan has to stay behind. And... Thrawn says for the Empire, but Morgan says for Dathomir. <laughs> and then we see uh, Death Troopers for the first time in this series. Which is ironic because of the first Death Troopers um, to ever exist like in, in the lore were zombie troopers and they were just kind of called Death Troopers. So the fact that they've got the new canon Death Troopers looking very similar like of the, of the zombie-esque uh, look yeah. from Legends is pretty cool yeah, yeah kind of stormtroopers yep and the stormtroopers pull out the same maneuver maneuver from a new hope when we very first saw them back in 1977 then we get the encounter with morgan elsbeth with the sword of talson and this choreography was great stop zombies let's go so yeah, uh, Sabine and Ezra encounter Death Troopers on top of the spire there, and we have a little battle. And here's the shot of Thrawn walking that we got from the, in the very first trailer of him walking. I think it was the uh, was it Celebration? We saw the back of his head for the first time, or was yeah, it, there, well, there was a time before that, we saw that trailer. Yeah, because if we saw that trailer at Celebration, but we didn't get the actual shot of Thrawn until the Ahsoka panel. So this shot right here was at the Lucasfilm panel. Hi, Crystal. Wow. Nice for you to join us. I'm here too. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Did you meet Crystal? I don't think so. At Celebration? So yeah, uh, James and I uh, uh, met Crystal. And she's actually hosted the podcast way back in the day along with me. And yeah, she says that uh, the zombies were so cool and scary. I love the addition. It uh, it totally was was on brand, I think, to have them in here. And it worked. And the uh, Eye of Scion droid tells Grand Admiral Thrawn that the, the course is locked in and they're ready to go. And we still have this fight going on, which was just awesome. And then it's intercut between that fight with Morgan Elsbeth, Ahsoka, with Sabine, and Ezra fighting these Death Troopers. And this was a really, really tense fight here. And it looks Look like the that. Death Troopers got the better of them. 
And yeah, every, everyone kind of freaked out when we saw a piece of the jaw of these zombie death troopers. And you can kind of hear them like grunting like zombies too. So are these now death death troopers? <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. You can see the mouth like gaping That's wide sick. open. Here is where I think we all kind of knew that yeah, Sabine can use the force. And she's actually pretty powerful. And it's a combination of, of Luke and Kylo's old moves. Kylo is the it, sound of the metal. Is it weird that I was kind of hoping that she wasn't gonna use the force right there? Well, I think you're you're kind of stuck on Sabine only being a Mandalorian. And oh. <laughs> well and for me. Like George Lucas said in the beginning, everyone has a potential to use the yeah. force. It's just yeah. a matter of talent, natural talent, and skill. Again, I have no problem. I have no problem with her being a Jedi, but her whole story arc in Rebels was her embracing her ancestry of being a Mandalorian. I just kind of felt when she, when Ezra left, she just kind of, I mean, which they actually talk about that for a brief moment of where they said that Ahsoka was afraid that she was trying to be a Jedi for the wrong reasons. And it was because she was trying to honor the legacy of Ezra and try and become like Ezra and stuff like that. And I understand her training with the dark saber and that's people like, Ooh, like, like she's force sensitive. That that's why it was so easy for her to, you know, kind of lift the dark saber and everything to me, it kind of goes against, her whole story arc that she had in rebels i love the fact that she's using the force and everything don't get me wrong but i think that it's kind of going against of what her whole story was well to me it feels like it's just like people grow people change yeah. people like different things people can do different things and ezra beheads one of these death troopers of the single swipe There it is. And we cut back to the Elsbeth Ahsoka fight here. And it looks like Morgan's uh, getting the better of Ahsoka. And then the volunteers show up. And this scene right here, it felt like a lot of force power was going to be used, which it which it was. Ezra and Sabine kind of talk, talked their way through it. It sounded like Sabine was like, throw me, then I'll throw you to get up on there. But in the end, we kind of see that Sabine thinks better of it and stays back with her master. And this mirror is actually something that happens in Rebels, and I believe season two with Maul and Ezra, when Maul throws Ezra across the chasm just like this. So yeah, he he said he couldn't make the jump, and Sabine totally helped him right there. And then we all knew he was just going to be hanging on the side, and then he was going to force jump up, which is what happened. And Ahsoka is left on top of the spire with Morgan Elsbeth with these night zombie troopers, and Morgan Elsbeth thinks that her, all of her friends are dead. And of course, we get the shot of Sabine coming back. And giving that look to, to it's like, hey, yeah. I am not disappointing you the second time. And then, yep, 
going through with the saber and the blaster out, picking off these these zombie stormtroopers. And then we get the uh, climactic battle here. And Elspeth actually breaks one of Ahsoka's sabers. And then she, Morgan takes a double shot to the stomach there with the blade of Talzin and her saber. And the, the grandmothers here detect that uh, Morgan Elspeth is dead. But it's kind of like that thing, okay, yeah, she dies, but she could possibly be resurrected in the future. But of course we see the spire fall down, so... I don't know. Her, her body might be like super mangled. Of course, we see another Back to the Future reference coming up here. And then uh, Thrawn looks kind of rattled here a little bit. And he sees how quickly the Jedi are progressing. And there's the uh, DeLorean reference there. <laughs> and yeah, the spire just goes down. And even the grandmothers were kind of like gave pause to win Thrawn told him to open fire and rain hellfire essentially on, on, the, on yeah. the temple. It's like, yeah, you're just destroying like a sacred landmark to them. Yeah, they head straight out. And this was an interesting piece of dialogue between Thrawn and Ahsoka opening that channel. And during the dialogue, it almost seemed like Thrawn was going to offer Ahsoka to join him in a way because of course he studied his, her master, Anakin Skywalker, and he knows what his turn was and kind of claimed that he knew what Ahsoka was going to do just because he knew who her master was, which is what Thrawn always does. He studies the art, the, the people that came before, his his current adversaries to, to figure them out, to defeat them in whatever battle. Yeah, this is kind of a taunt here when one wonders how similar you'll become and he calls her ronin too a ronin is a is a samurai yeah. without a master so there's more far east reference there today victory is mine long live the empire there it is yeah long live the empire yep now gone Going back to that uh, Sabine push, Zach uh, on YouTube says, if I was Ezra, hearing Sabine say, I push you, then you pull me, I'd be a little leery. Which, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, bro, you struggled <laughs> to pick up a lightsaber just now. <laughs> but yeah. what other tricks do I have? I'm glad you pulled it off. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. And then Noah says on YouTube, I'm thinking Sabine will uh, eventually be a Jedi to the main galaxy, uh, where she will rule Mandalore as both a Mandalore and a Jedi like Tarvisla once did. Yeah, we all assume uh, Grogu would have that mantle, but yeah, that I could totally see that. And then Zach on YouTube says, I like that idea. It fortunately might take Bo-Katan getting killed off of the Felony movie or something, though. So our heroes are stuck. They go back to the Noti caravan there with the Howlers, with the T-6, who Yang piloting. They're stuck. They're stuck on pretty. I think most of us kind of predicted this outcome. Throng getting back, and then our heroes... Staying, and then of course we see Ahsoka's owl, her convoy, Morai. And if you watch Clone Wars, um, you kind of know about the backstory here. Which, if you're watching this, you probably do. Um, Morai is, of course, the kind of spiritual being that the daughter has now 
embodied and is is connected to Ahsoka and appears to Ahsoka when like big events are taking place. Later on here, we get Shin approaching the uh, group of bandits here and uh, kind of revealing herself. And she looks very defeated. And she takes out her saber, which looks a lot like Kanan's, just modified. And she lights it in the bandit sea. And then, of course, we get our final shots of Ray Stevenson. Love it. Yeah. And it looks like he's on the outstretched arm of the Mortis God, the Father. And here's the, the wide shot. I think we're thinking that the left there is the daughter. The head has eroded or been destroyed. Yeah. And then you have the shot of the father and the son who, if you saw the animated, you, you know that the son was the dark side, the daughter was the light side, and the father was kind of the balance between the two. So is Balin seeking the power of the Mortis gods? Is he trying to find Abeloth, which is the mother? Don't know. I think that sure would be amazing. Yeah, because of yeah. this right here also, again, hints at the new movie that James Mangold is working on, you know, the Dawn of the Jedi. So and you think the Mortis Gods would be connected to that movie? I think so. I, I honestly I think so. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, because you have to think about it, that trails back to them. It all trails back to that moment of of how the force came to be and everything that happened with Mortis and, and, and the father, the daughter and the son, they're all connected through the chosen one and the force and all that. So why not have that? Maybe that's also the film of where we get the prophecy, you know, being written about the chosen one. And, and that story is kind of explained in there again. I love how Dick Filoni is just diving into what George Lucas maybe was thinking, but he never actually got to do it. And then Dave Filoni brought it up and George Lucas was like, I like that. Let's do this. And he's just doing it even more now than what he was doing in Clone Wars and Rebels. So it's, it's crazy. We might get that. Yeah. Crystal on YouTube says, uh, Oh, I wanted more Shin. I think we all wanted more Shin and more Balin. And Crystal says, uh, that was nuts. Also, Zach says on YouTube, I love how everyone who went to find Ezra Thrawn, Morgan, Ahsoka, Sabine, Balin, Shin, and Hu Yang got stuck on Pridia. Ironic that they kind of swapped spots with Thrawn, Ezra, and the Three Mothers. Yep, there's just a big swap. And here we get our first live-action shot of the planet of Dathomir. I think the grandmothers there are very pleased that they, they made it to that planet, which has a lot of history. And here we see all the coffin slash sarcophaguses. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're quite not sure what is in those, but I mean, I think we can safely assume they're like bodies uh, of something. Uh, probably something of the Dathomiri, uh, the Night Sisters, um, their old army, something of that nature. So, having a zombie army it like is very intimidating we've seen different situations where it's very effective there's the whole zombie arc during the clone wars with the uh, with the geonosians they can be very powerful and th they can definitely take down numbers very swiftly so seeing that in live action of just like a big uh, like 
you know, kind of battle, but with zombies is going to be very like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is still Star Wars. This is insane. Yeah. And this scene mirrors one of the first scenes we saw at the beginning of the, the series here of that shuttlecraft arriving. Yep. And this is Hope One now along with Hera, a few soldiers, a Mon Cal chopper right there. And I immediately thought, okay, yeah, this is Ezra showing back up. He stole a he stole a shuttle. Is wearing the trooper gear. And Chopper rolls right up to him. So how did Chopper know? He had a feeling. <laughs> Chopper's force sensitive. Everyone's force sensitive now. <laughs> For Hera to see Ezra, I mean, that's got to bring back a lot of emotions. And I think Mary Elizabeth Winsett plays it really well here. Because of all that history they have in the Rebel show. Her, basically, her her life partner there in Canaan was Ezra's master. Yeah. And, yeah, a ton of history. There, and there we see the, uh, the ghost in the background as well. And then we head back to Peridia with the, the Noti and Ahsoka the White and Sabine the Jedi. I'm Ahsoka the White. I come back to you now. The turn of the tide. Yeah. And they talk about the situation they're in. And I think Sabine is has more of a disposition of a Jedi. And they're looking more on the positive side here. And then Sabine says she has like a feeling. And what did you think she was feeling at this moment? I thought, honestly, I thought Ezra and everyone was coming back with the Purgles. I thought that was the moment of being like, hey, they actually got off the planet. I thought that was going to yeah. be the thing. We still got something cool. I still think it's interesting that she's sensing Anakin. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting thing just because of she's barely tapped into her Force abilities. And it takes a strong Force being uh, to see a Force ghost. Yeah, the, the kind of unspoken rule is you have to have known that Jedi to see their eventual Force ghosts. Um, but, I mean, she doesn't see Anakin. She just senses something. Right, and I still think that's very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Hondo is hiding uh, in one of those caskets just trying to hitch a ride back. Don't know how we got to Peridia, but why wouldn't he be there somehow? Yeah, I mean, it's Hondo. There's always that chance of having him in Skeleton Crew. I think that's what a lot of people want. That's what I want um, of seeing live-action Hondo outside of Galaxy's Edge. would be sick. Who do you yeah. think will betray the other first? Thrawn or the Night Witches? No way they play nice together forever. You're not wrong. I feel like the Nice Sisters have, have always had their agenda. Maybe they're going to try and resurrect Mother Talzin and Thrawn really doesn't have that on his agenda. Who knows? That whole Balin scene felt like something from Lord of the Rings. Those giant statues to enter Gondor and Balin looking out, reminding me of Frodo looking out to Mordor. Yeah, I thought the same thing. As, as soon as I saw like the lightning in the distance, I was like, ooh, look, it's Lord of the Rings. It's Mordor. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, I think Tim last night made the comment, uh, Balin's taking the ring to Mordor. No. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I love the Lord of the Rings callbacks. Yeah. Love them. 
And Zach on YouTube says, I can't wait to see Anakin as, as a sparkly force ghost that isn't at the end of the Star Wars project, ending with him smiling. He's essentially smiling here, if you look closely. And yeah, that pullback. I don't think Ahsoka even saw him. I think he appears after she turns her back, but he's there. And yeah, there's a bit of a smile. So you can't fully tell if he's wearing the same outfit from uh yeah. from from Return of the Jedi just because his robes are like, you know, kind of closed. Um but honestly it would make sense if it was his outfit. Yeah. But my guess is they had it covered because he's just wearing his outfit from Revenge of the Sith and then they just kind of covered up the rest of it to look to make it look like But yeah. Yeah, directed by Rick Famuyiwa, written by Dave Filoni, created by Dave Filoni, based on Star Wars by George Lucas. Star Wars, man. Yeah. The casting was terrific. The music was terrific. The acting was terrific. I think they did a great job with this. I think the casting director was Sarah Haley Finn, I believe. And she's casted pretty much everything, but she did a great job with getting Ray Stevenson. Ivana Sakno, Tasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine, terrific. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she worked as Hera. She did a fantastic job. And yeah, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, man. I, I really wish that, that we could have you back and, and continue. And he, he left a real lasting legacy. Yeah. Diana Lee in Asanto, she was fantastic too. David Tennant as I... Yang, my new favorite droid. <laughs> I want to see him in Acolyte. I just got a feeling that he'll make some type of appearance in Acolyte. It just makes sense to me. Iman is Fondi too, as Ezra yeah. knocked out of the park, bringing back Hayden. Hayden's back in the family. Oh, I think, I think he's gonna, so we're going to see a lot of him. Yeah. And his fan reception and reaction at all these conventions I'm going to is like huge. It's fantastic. Yeah. Space Wales. Yep. Cast, casting by Sarah Haley Finn. Yep. Ah. So good. So good. So awesome. What an end of season. Don't worry. There's more Star Wars coming. We don't know exactly when, but it's coming uh, because we still got Acolyte. We got Andor Season 2. We have the new game. We have the new game uh, coming out, Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, We have Bad Batch Season 3 and Tales of the Jedi Season 2. Allegedly all coming out next year uh, because we were supposed to get Skeleton Crew in november but we're not pretty much if we did it would probably be you know around christmas time i i wish people at lucasfilm would always give us something christmas time to me they established that in 2015 with the force awakens i wish they could just give us that again black friday and christmas yeah something in those two spots that i would reinstitute that immediately if i were to take over lucasfilm i miss force friday <laughs> I miss Force Friday so much. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I, I I miss it all. So they just announced that they're releasing Black Series uh compact or what is it? Um hologram. So Holocom, so, yeah. Holocom yeah, figures. so it will be a Bonnie Hunter Puck. I mean, I'm 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 pointing to this. I know it's a Funko, but um it's like a black kind of uh a black hologram thing that we actually see in the first episode of the Mandalorian in season one. Uh, and it's like that. And then you can put the different action figures on top of it 
And it's like a normal Black Series figure, but it's all hologram. And it has the it has the wanted sign, but it's an Arabish. And it's actually very cool. I will yeah. definitely look into that because that's something I'm definitely interested in. Yeah, also, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, Ivana Sakno, Diana Lee Inosanto, and Iman Esfandi are going to be at LA Comic Con December 1st through the 3rd. I posted a, a link to that on our Star Wars Stuff group Facebook page. So if you want to check that out, you do that. And also they're doing autographs through, I think, uh, SWCU. So you get their autograph as well if you want to do that. Yeah. So that is it, guys. Soka is over. I can't believe it. Like I was saying last night on the pre-show, I wore this T-shirt all around town <laughs> and knew that nobody knew. Most people didn't know what that was all about, and I never got anyone to asking me or saying, oh, hey, is that Star Wars? Or, oh, hey, Ahsoka's about to come out. I got none of that, and it felt like years I wore this thing around town, and now the show's over, and it felt like there was a long wait, but there really wasn't, uh, if you think about it, because, um, I mean, we've had a bunch of other shows, but the announcement for the Investor Day uh, was there. And yeah, I think Filoni is a, a great keeper of the flame for Star Wars. And hopefully we get more stuff sooner than later. That film, I think we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a huge event. And to see Mando, Grogu, Bo-Katan, Thrawn all on screen together in some climactic battle. Maybe Luke, maybe Leia, maybe Han, mm -hmm. Chewie, R2, Chopper. How about Andor? <laughs> <laughs> And or Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Andor the third and or the fourth. I don't know. If you have kids, who knows? But yes, yeah, the future, the future looks bright, guys. I'm I'm happy with, with the direction they're going, especially with the Mandoverse, the Mandalorian saga with Ahsoka. So thanks to everyone that has joined us on chat, uh, giving us comments, questions, participating in the pre-show, post-shows, or breakdowns. Uh, all the all the regular shows that we do. Thank you so much. We've grown a lot in this time frame. We've yeah. had a lot of people listen to us. A lot of people comment, write reviews on Apple, join us on social media. A lot of entries, a lot of bingos were called out last night. We had we we did uh, verify a winner, and we also verified uh, the Haslab Ghost mm -hmm. winner, and uh, that's on our Instagram if you want to see who that is. One of the people there was in our chat here. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, being on this journey with us uh, through Ahsoka. And Colin, do you have any uh, parting thoughts here? It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And it it's going to be weird not having something to watch every Tuesday or every week. But it's nice to have that break. So don't worry, guys. It's coming back. And then... We'll just hear from everyone. Star Wars is back. And it's going to be like, yeah, but it never really left. But hey, you know what? Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Here we go. 2024. Can't wait till it comes. But until then, let's go. And like I said on the uh, shows yesterday, uh, Ray and I, and maybe a couple other people will join us uh, to go over some of the comics. And we want to cover Thrawn first. So uh, yep. kind of continue with the Ahsoka theme. And do some High Republic stuff, because I think we all need to get ready for the Acolyte. Yeah. And uh, that trailer is really good, and it has leaked. So uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. if, if uh, you really want to see it, uh, you'll, you'll see that it's got some really big-time quality. 
behind it. So, uh, um, yeah, for Colin, my name is David. Signing off for the last time for Ahsoka, season one. May the force be with you. Always.